Assalamu alaikum everyone, peace be with you. This is Alman Nusrat and this is Nihal Khan, everyone. Assalamu alaikum, how are y'all doing? Welcome to episode zero of Faith in Fine Print. And we are here in Hartford, Connecticut at Story and Soil Coffee, arguably the best coffee shop in all of Connecticut. Cool. We are doing this episode um, basically without a producer right now, so we're going to be doing this as we go. We are going to be doing this as we go. Oman, let's get straight into it. Mm -hmm. Me and you started the podcast um, with the intention of combining, we mentioned uh, something very specifically about combining between um, uh, art and academics. I think that was a constant um, uh, theme that me and you were talking about, about combining between um, different aspects of the Muslim community and Islamic studies and also talking about it from a, per- from, from a perspective that combines between the artistic matters as well, uh, issues related to culture, issues related to uh, how people uh, interact with each other, issues of community. Um, but I think the thing which we want to mainly talk about is both of us, like what are we about, what is our background for people that uh, we want them to tune into our podcast, uh, what should we uh, be providing them, and I think today we want to talk about it from the perspective of our th- our knowledge and our experiences. Right. So let me talk to you. Um, so we have Oman Nusrat, uh, singer songwriter. Uh, he also manages a, a space called the the Mantle, which is also the sponsor of this podcast. Um, and the thing that we want to talk about is. Alman, from your time over abroad, from your studies here, uh, what do you hope to achieve with the podcast? Um, okay, so basically with the podcast, um, you know, as a singer-songwriter, I had this experience with the arts, um, dealing with arts and culture. And what I wanted to do was basically create a platform. Well, with the mantle, it was to, sorry, with the mantle is to create a space that basically, um, brought people together to kind of uh, increase awareness about, um, you know, the fact that culture is an important thing, the arts and culture are important things. And we want to create a space where people don't feel judged, they don't feel um, hesitant when it comes to learning about spirituality and faith. And in um, a place where we have quality education, you know, um, qualified scholars and instructors and teachers um, from all different backgrounds, and I think having a place like that that's uh, inclusive, that, that is um, comfortable and uh, safe, I think that's very much needed and it very much helps people navigate their spirituality and to develop spiritually. Um, so my idea was to create that space because, once again, being a back, being, having a background as a singer-songwriter, um, I realize that culture really much really plays a role in how we experience our lives and how we engage with our religion in the first place. Um, so basically an example of that is, you know, Islam here is different than Islam in um, India or in different than Islam in Africa, in, in, in African countries, uh, meaning like Islam at, at its root is the same. We have the laws, but in terms of its cultural practice and how people engage, it's different. And, and that's something that I find really important. I want to bring that to light um, so that people see this religion as one that um, is not culturally predatory but one that um, is understanding and one that encompasses. Um, there's one of my teachers uses this uh, metaphor of, you know, Islam is like a clear water, like a clear stream, and it takes on the color of whatever's underneath. 
So when you go to China, you have Chinese looking moss. And when you're in, a, so the question is, and in other countries, and you go to India, you have Indian looking moss in different kind mm-hmm. of places. So the question is, what does an American experience look like as Muslims? Um, what does that look like? And so we created the mantle. We're creating this podcast to have those discussions, to talk to artists, to talk to educators, to talk to academics and see, um, basically just try to understand that experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You mentioned something about, um, the idea of water, right? That Islam Mm -hmm. is like water, which goes back to the idea of uh, the Sharia, right? Which, um, in today's political discourse is like a major talking point that Mm -hmm. a lot of like members of Congress, uh, I remember, I think it was in Tennessee. It was like, oh, we have passed a bill that does not let Muslims practice the Sharia, right? right? And they're always talking about Sharia law, but Mm -hmm. it's you actually understood what that referred to. It refers to the general process of how Muslims like live and breed. So for example, to be good to someone, to be kind to someone would be part of like the law, the Sharia, which literally refers to a stream of water. It literally Mm -hmm. refers to how water takes the shape of the stream that it's in and as it flows down into areas, right? With a sense of ease, with a sense of calmness, with a sense of clarity. Um, but that aspect doesn't get spoken about. And I think this kind of goes into the second part of it. Um, I remember when we were trying to start the podcast, we were thinking about a name and we came up with the idea of faith in fine print. And I think the thing that we wanted to specifically highlight is the fine print, is where right. people on one end get lost in the fine print and they completely overlook what um, their faith ought to be telling them, like the spirit of the law. But then on the other end, people may take things at a very literal level and get lost in what the objectives of the faith are. So at one point, not reading the fine print can harm you, but also getting too lost in the fine print will take you away from what the actual objectives are. And I think that's something that we ought to understand. Um, We're trying to move forward with the podcast and and try to understand it in a holistic manner. Uh, What does that, I mean, I I think I told you from my end, right, what fate and fine print means, but from your end, what do you hope for the podcast to be able to accomplish? I just want it to be a platform where um, people can... um, just learn more about the people in our community and the things that they do, um, the diversity that's there. And hopefully it inspires them to kind of look within and understand their strengths, understand their weaknesses, understand uh, where they are uh, in life and and then use that to their advantage, right? So mm-hmm. um, maybe inspire people to, you know, learn more about their faith and, and learn more about these topics that, you know, people like to water down. Um, but things aren't so simple. You know, this is a, for anyone who like wants things to be like clear cut and just like, this is how it is for everyone. Um, they're not going to really like Islam because Islam has a lot of, there's, there, there's certain fundamentals and then there's a lot of, okay, well, you know, what's your opinion on that? And, and what are the scholars opinions on that? How did they interpret these things? Because a lot of people, and this is for a lot of young listeners, whenever you, uh, whenever I've approached people and I talk about learning Islamic law or anything like that, people mm-hmm. are just go like, oh, you know, that just gets too complicated. You know, I'm just going to follow Quran and Sunnah. And it's like, wait, wait, hold on. What do you mean follow Quran and Sunnah? Because that, you know, who's, through whose lens? Yeah. Right? Because you're telling me that you understand Arabic as it was understood 1400 years ago and you understand, and you're telling me you have access to all of those tools like grammar and logic, you know, like all of those things. And that's not, possible um and so 
then you have to understand, okay, whenever you are engaging with religion, you're actually looking through someone's lens. Someone has, because ideas are not without their roots. Ideas stem from somewhere. And I think it's really important in our times to understand where ideas come from. The way we look at the world, the way we understand the world, so much of that is the result of what we've been fed growing up, right? We're, we're fed a certain worldview. Um, and an example of that would be, for example, in America, like we're taught to be very independent. We're taught to, um, you know, write our own destiny. And, and basically we have the nuclear family. We have, um, you know, capitalism. We have th- ideas based on these things. And it's like it shapes the way we see the world. It shapes the way we view ourselves. It shapes the way we view our relationship to the planet, for example, right? Like we should be better towards the planet. Um, but if you, and, and the wisdom behind that, for example, in the Islamic tradition, it's like the, the universe, the plants and the animals, all these things, that is like the blueprint. And within ourselves, there's a blueprint. It, it, we're all connected. We're connected to nature in a very right. big way. And we have to understand those things. But if we separate those things, like there's no relationship between me and the tree or the animal or anything, then we abuse mm-hmm. and then we lose our way. So, you know, I know, I know I'm getting a bit off track, but my idea here is with my intention with the organization, with the podcast, is to start to deconstruct mm-hmm. and then start to construct again. Figure out where we are wrong in our thinking and our approach, open up our minds, open up our understanding, and then come back and then really see this this faith for all the beauty that it contains and what it teaches us about ourselves and essential human nature. Yeah, I think also the idea is to for us to explore the assumptions that we may hold about ourselves, like uh, exploring the assumptions we may hold about ideas and also understanding and going back to the fact that um, we may hold a lot of... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We may hold a lot of, um, I guess assumptions would be the right word, or biases rather, right, mm-hmm. uh, about our faith, which we have not explored, which we do not understand, which we uh, have like not gone uh, into depth in understanding, and we've kind of been on cruise control, I guess that's the best way to look at it. But the point of the podcast is for people to kind of take a step back, recognize the diversity that exists within our tradition, within our faith, and within our community, mm-hmm. highlight that, um, and become what I like to say, I think I've mentioned this before, to become conflict comfortable, right? right? People are very conflict averse or they're very conflict prone, but there's nothing wrong with becoming conflict comf- comfortable where there may be like two things at odd, right? Um, I know when we were speaking to Suhaib Webb, right? Mm-hmm. He had mentioned in uh, one episode that he's literally gotten death threats from right-wing Islamophobes, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's also gotten a death threat from, like, ISIS, right? <laughs> right? And this is, like, it shows you that there are two groups of people who may be on the opposite spectrums of this, a similar form of bias and a similar form of rhetoric, which is what you cannot be American and you cannot be Muslim, um, which this may kind of go a little off subject, but, uh, you know, I think the community in the last presidential election or the current presidential election that's going on for 2020, like the Muslim community has been very much um, either heavily speaking, either leaning towards Bernie Sanders or towards Elizabeth Warren for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. Um, And I've noticed that a lot of people will kind of like be at each other's throats talking about it. But I'm like, dude, if you cannot be respectful in talking to the other person, regardless of how much you disagree with them, Mm -hmm. if you cannot engage with them, with their ideas, with their ideologies, then uh, are you not falling to the same level as somebody who may be a bit more of a demagogue or somebody who just doesn't want to understand another person? And that also brings in something else. 
the community in 2020 America, the Muslim community specifically, has grown in a way which it's not just existing on a faith spectrum. It also exists on a social spectrum, on an economic spectrum, on an ethnic spectrum, on a cultural spectrum. And that's not an issue of it being right or wrong. That's an issue of a reality that we have to face and try to talk to and address. I think going back to um, the like what you said about people being conflict comfortable. Yeah. Something that comes to mind from personal experience, but also dealing with, with people, um, you know, just at a basic level, why is it that someone gets fired up? Yeah. Why is it that someone gets so uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Or the word I use is insecure. People get insecure probably... Okay, this probably just sounds... Yeah. Um, they get un- insecure because they're not confident about what they're talking about. They're not confident about the subject matter. Right. I mean, if, if, and if you were, then you would have, you would be, okay, let's say some people are hot-tempered, whatever, but even so, if you're having intellectual discourse, you know, leaving emotions out of it and talking about just facts or, yeah. you know, understanding something, then you wouldn't be all riled up. You would rather kind of be like, okay, I understand that point. Let me pick that apart, knowing, mm-hmm. having the knowledge I have. Most people, um, I would say even in the Muslim community, don't, have access to that knowledge they don't understand why they think the way they think or what what the justification behind their beliefs um so many people would argue that um but once again because of the narrative that we've been given growing up that um atheism or or being agnostic would be like the standard that that's the that's the intelligent thing to do right and believing in something believing in god would be like kind of like where's your proof there's zero proof for that Mm -hmm. there's zero intellectual discourse regarding the existence you know like credible discourse or anything and that's just not true you know we have a history of especially in the islamic tradition if we have 1400 years we have a a, a centuries of thinkers and philosophers and scientists talking about the proofs of god and breaking apart arguments right arguments that like hawking uh sorry um sam harris would like present right have been deconstructed a long the, yeah, time right. ago. Yeah, Islam is the mother load of bad ideas. Right. So, yeah. like, these kinds of things. And, and as Muslims, um, we sometimes are complacent. We don't really understand what's, what we're being programmed to think yeah. or believe, even about ourselves. An example of this would be, like, that show Messiah on Netflix, right? Yeah. In the show, you know, I saw it, and, and my understanding of it was, like, okay, yeah, like, okay, interesting. You know, I'm just watching it. I'm consuming it. And then... I realized afterwards that the narrative in that show is that one verse from the Quran can use, be used to brainwash someone. And, and that just, for some reason, makes sense in a narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, there's zero, like, depth to it. It's just like, yeah, some guy used one verse and brainwashed a kid, and now he's going to go bomb someone, right? It's like, that's crazy. But somehow, me, as a Muslim, I'm watching that, and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense, <laughs> because I'm like, it, we're so used to seeing that narrative, it's like, yeah. okay, but even we start to think that about ourselves, or we start to think strange things, and so once again, one of the goals of the podcast is to like understand ourselves, mm-hmm. understand where we come from, understand the work that we're doing, and how it's relevant um, to the world we live in, so yeah. Yeah, um, and I think hopefully um, what I hope to bring here, so for those of you that don't know, um, uh, my background is in psychology. I did an undergrad degree in psychology. I minored in business, and then I went overseas to India, and I completed my Alamiya degree uh, at Darul Alum Nadwatul Ulama in Lucknow, India. Um, and I work here in Connecticut as a director of religious affairs. So 
um, I'm hoping that me and Alman can have conversations and even between both of us, right? We may not agree on everything. Um, but the point is not to start an echo chamber for us to agree on everything. The point mm. is to have, is to recognize the conflicts that may arise in some of the ideas that we may hold um, and is to work through them through dialogue and through speaking to each other as opposed to speaking at each other. Right. And I think that's become a common trope of the community. Everyone is talking at each other. Like you open up your phone, right? You go on like social media. Like I think I was mentioning this to you. We, we me and Oman and a bunch of us went to go um, record somewhere in New York, and we I didn't look at my social media all day, and it always looks like such an awesome feeling. Like we went and recorded like all these different people, and you know we had a wonderful time, had some good food, and then like after being out for like what is it, twelve hours or fourteen hours, I opened up the internet. And it's like, dude, everyone's just like yelling at each other, screaming at each yeah. other. No, you're wrong. No, yeah, you're yeah. dumb. No, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. It's like, oh, my God. And this is the nonsense we're consuming every day. Right. You know, and, and with Ramadan around the corner, you know, the point is to give people something to consume that um, would be fruitful, that will make you not just feel good. I think we already have this culture of a feel-good culture, but like the feel-good culture that we have is that we give people junk food, not soul food, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we need to get into um, that culture of whatever content we're giving people to consume, it should be uplifting themselves and their souls and their minds, you right. know? And I hope that we can kind of get into that, Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Um, for sure. I think... Um a lot of it is going to come down to, what am I going to say here? What am I trying to say? <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's been a long day. It has. Um, but anyways, going back to the podcast, uh, what we're aiming to do here, like you're saying, um, is open that box, open that box of ideas so that we can communicate, be comfortable with differences of opinion, um, which I think we really, really need. Um, and really, uh, and, and also in terms of consumption, you know, we have to be aware of what we're consuming. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to my point earlier about, you know, the Netflix show, um, you just have to be aware that, like, you know, whatever we consume, whatever we're taking in, there's something being fed to us. Yeah. And uh, like you said, it's better for that to, um, in a beneficial way, feed our souls as yeah. opposed to a detrimental way. Yeah. Uh, with the junk that's out there. Um, and, you know... Being a singer-songwriter, being an artist, like, I have to be careful with, um, you know, how I understand art. And because it is relevant. Art and culture is, yeah. is totally relevant and it's necessary. It's how ideas are communicated. Um, it's how hearts connect to certain truths. Um, and so uh, my hope is that I can bring in that side of things um, and, and try to, and not just make it a completely intellectual thing but something that also has emotion something that's real that's rooted in reality because we can just talk about um purely just the ideas or the concepts or something but connecting it to us um on a human level is also important um actually yeah. i was going to ask you i know mm -hmm. for a lot of people may not know this but um you know as a singer songwriter people probably just think you're like sitting in your mom's basement like with a guitar or something like that um, but like you actually went out and you traveled the world literally doing what you've been doing. You, you spent time in England, you spent time in Dubai, you spent time, I don't know where else. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I know you spent time with, uh, Cat Stevens with Eats of Islam. Can mm -hmm. you tell us about that a little bit? And then we can take a little bit of a break after. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I had the, the honor of spending some time with, uh, with Yusuf Islam, but also his, uh, his, some members of his management team. 
and uh, it taught me a lot about the, the biggest thing was about what it means to be in service, uh, what it means to be authentic, and um, and how what it just yeah those two things would be like the biggest things right what it means to be authentic meaning um, as an artist who also has a faith and practices and stuff you know how am I presenting that to the world a am I putting on a mask am I being fake you know what's going on uh, when when I partake in my craft and when I'm in the public eye um, and then the other thing is service you know there's my history my history with my father and when he passed away that taught me a lot about taking care of someone but spending the time with uh, Yusuf Assam and his team I saw that they really cared about the work that they're doing they, th they cared about what ideas they were putting out there um, and it was a real demonstration of what it what what it looks like when someone is practicing their faith but also like an artist and someone who's creating content and all of that so it was just a really cool experience to be part of that and then that those interactions uh, and creating my own album and a couple albums and, and, and doing tours and shows wherever um, around the world that once again opened me up to that um, to be cult culturally aware uh, opened me up to the diff the experiences of Muslims around the world um, and, and what they go through and it also it also actually taught me that although people may be um, kind of separated by language barriers mm -hmm. or culture um, human beings are similar or are the same at the fundamental levels we all want to be loved we all have um, certain wishes and wants we all have want a sense of security and um, traveling around and that's something that helped me write my songs as well right because whenever I have to when I write a song I can't be so specific that no one can relate to it but something that's relatable and you tap into that uh, through spirituality, through understanding what people um, experience and, and the commonalities that exist between all of us. So, yeah, the experiences with this, with him, his team, the last um, 10 years, I would say, of just all of this stuff has really kind of helped me understand my place, my role as an artist. Um, yeah. Nice. So to our listeners, the, the one thing that we're expecting is that um, taking somebody who has been involved in the arts and working with someone who's involved in the community like myself, we hope to produce uh, content and discussions which are fruitful. We hope to uh, be able to engage and connect with the community by talking about things that matter. Um, you know, uh, inshallah, for those of you that are listening, this is uh, the first episode. Um, in the coming uh, episodes, you will find content recorded uh, revolving around people that they may know, you may know, or mm -hmm. you may not know. Um, but pretty cool subjects on um, how Islamophobia is reported upon, uh, learning Islam in the digital age, um, anti-blackness and racism. Um, uh, there's a, one episode that we're going to have dedicated to female leadership, one episode talking about how to connect to your faith through sports. Uh, you know, we, we recorded somebody that um, plays uh, for the Yukon Huskies. So we're hoping people can connect and they can uh, grow through their faith. Uh, you know, in this uh, upcoming uh, year and uh, hope that they can come out from that. Um, I guess with that, we can take a short break and then uh, get right back into it. Yeah. See you on the other side of the break. We have a message from our sponsor, The Mantle. And um, here is that message. Here we go. Hey, listeners. Wondering what The Mantle is? The Mantle is an organization based in Fairfield County, Connecticut. 
We are dedicated to creating sacred spaces that facilitate the understanding of Islamic spirituality. The Mantle aims to revive the prophetic tradition of understanding, compassion, and spiritual cultivation. We encourage authenticity in exchange for authenticity. Come as you are to learn Islam as it is. Find out more about The Mantle by following us online on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Mantle of Love. We hope you enjoy the rest of this episode of Faith in Fine Print. What's up, everyone? We're here back after the break. Um, this is Alman Nusrath and Hal Khan. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get back into kind of episode zero. This is what this is. This is us kind of discussing um, what this podcast is about, what we're aiming to do with it. Um, just so our viewers know, at this stage, we have recorded several episodes, and we're kind of we wanted to do this kind of. Um, this episode, just to kind of talk a bit about what our aims are and, and having some experience with what we've already done. So we're not, right now, we're not talking about this as if it's something that's going to happen. It's something that has occurred. These conversations have occurred and we're speaking about our, our intentions with what have, with the content that we've created already, uh, which hopefully you guys will soon get a hold of. Um, so Nahal, let's, let's talk a bit about you. You mentioned your studies briefly. I want to le- learn a little bit more about your experience as a community leader, as an, uh, as an educator, as a student, um, you know, points of uh, growth for you and, uh, you know, your role here in, in this community now where you're in Connecticut and you've been in different communities um, throughout your life. And so, you know, what has it been like in Connecticut and what can you say when regards to the American Muslim experience? Yeah. Um, so I am, uh, born and raised in uh, a foreign country, um, that many of you may or may not know about, uh, called New Jersey Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, you know, having uh, been from there, we had uh, a solid Muslim upbringing, I'd say, because Mm -hmm. there was a large Muslim community where we were specifically, I was in North Jersey in Bergen County. Um, I grew up in a town called Paramus, which was, um, very close to, uh, several mosques and Islamic centers in the area. Um, when I was in high school, I decided that I wanted to go and uh, learn my faith. So I enrolled at uh, a madrasa Darul in New York in uh, Queens in Jamaica, and I kind of got my, the fundamentals of like my faith Did of you just, just do life. that on your own. Yeah, I actually had to fight for a year to get wow. it done. Like I think I told my dad when I was thirteen mm-hmm. when I wanted to go or twelve, and he actually tested me. So for a solid year, he's like, "Nope, nope, nope." Uh, until it got to the point where, like, I'm actually kind of glad he did that because I think kids go through a lot of fads. Mm-hmm. Um, and that time, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was a fad and right. Pokemon was a fad. Yeah. Um, and I had a lot of friends who were, like, in Quran school. So I was like, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. So um, moved to Queens and uh, stayed there for about three years. And then I came, made my way back. Um, and I finished my memorization of the Quran locally uh, as a kid when I was, like, 17 or 16 or something like that or 18. Um, then after that started undergrad, um, and then I took a year off to study Arabic and then when you um, finished your hips, when you finished the, with the memorization, yeah. uh, was there like a thing where you kind of came back into the real world and, or were you like plugged away studying because it, it takes a lot to memorize the entire Quran, but yeah, know. I mean, I was, I wasn't like full time in school, okay. but, um, I was like going through homeschooling and through like community college and, 
that experience requires like a whole different episode. But mm-hmm. um, just to give it in a nutshell, um, yeah. So I finished when I was like 17, and I did it full time. And then I actually started college. Uh, and then I took a year off and then went to study Arabic, came back. I, uh, afterwards graduated with a degree in psychology and a minor in business from Montclair State University. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time period, I worked as an assistant imam, a youth director, um, a chaplain. Uh, I can't even tell you how many jobs I worked in undergrad just to pay for rent because by that time my family had moved out of the state. So I think in undergrad, I worked like 11 odd jobs, like wow. everything under the sun you could you know, say, and Jersey was expensive. So mm-hmm. to pay rent, you do whatever you got to do. So I like, I taught, I did like help desk, I did pizza delivery, name it, I did yeah. it. Um, then in 2014, I left the country. I went to Nadwatul Ulama in Lucknow, where I completed a Alamiya degree, which for those of you that don't know, um, that's basically like a bachelor's or a master's degree in Islamic studies, depending on how you measure it. Right. Uh, came back here, was in Atlanta for a year working as a, a full-time imam. And then I made my way to Hartford to complete my uh, my master's degree where um, I was at the Hartford Seminary where I graduated with a master's uh, in religious studies. Uh, a year that program was actually spent at the Harvard Divinity School in Massachusetts. Right. Um, and um, uh, that's what it led to. And I'm working on a couple of other things and... Uh, uh, I actually hope to eventually make my way to law school, but um, involved with the community. I love teaching. Um, I love to work with other people, and I love to connect with people uh, who may or may not be a part of the Muslim community and just kind of work with people at a, at a greater level. So there's a lot of interfaith, intrafaith, um, and just growth that it comes down to. And I think the point of the podcast, or for myself to be on a podcast, is that um, uh, I don't think we do enough outreach. And when I say we, I mean... Um, the clergy class for the lack of a better word or people who have their like you know knowledge certifications i feel like we don't do enough outreach um uh and the point of it is to do that is to create a space where we can talk about issues that may be bothering us um you know me and you were talking about it i'm going to the muslim mental health conference in chicago in a couple of weeks and you know, we, we're going to record several episodes there, one on infertility, one on spiritual abuse, another one on mental health and Islam. And there's so many subjects that the community uh, is not speaking about. And again, the point isn't to come at it from a negative aspect. As a community leader and as a community worker, nothing is perfect, right? right. What you're going to get out of the community is what you put into the community. Right. And there's a lot of people on the sideline and the benches that will be giving information. Like there's a lot of Stephen A's, I like to say, right? Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know who Stephen A is, um, Stephen A. Smith is a commentator on ESPN. <laughs> and he's always got an opinion on everything, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and the point isn't to create a bunch of commentators, right? I and mean, there's a lot of people who are keyboard warriors. There's a lot of people on the internet, right, who talk about Islam and the faith. Uh, and, you know, and, and they talk about it from their ivory towers or they'll right. speak about it in a way which is completely defunct from the community and the reality on the ground. Mm-hmm. So our hope... Um, they're critical, but they're not actually taking part in solving the problem or they're not aware. Yeah, I have a better term in New Jersey. We just call they're full of crap. Okay. You know, like okay. that's like the, that's like literally what it comes right. down to. Right. Um, and, and my personality, the type of person that I am, I don't try to mince my words. So it's important to weigh your words. But um, I think we need to call a spade a spade. Right? right. And I think that one of the points of the podcast is to bring in a perspective which is very much rooted in reality is that the community should be a sacred space. Right. The community uh, center should be a sacred space. How we talk about the community should be a sacred aspect as well. But those people who come from the outside to just destroy it from the inside, 
Um, people ought to be up in arms about that, but we're all up in arms about the wrong things. Like our anxiety is going up. Like I said, you open up your phone yeah. and people are saying, um, you know, whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. But that's not from the tradition that we come from, right? right. Um, you know, like from the tradition that we come from, um, it, it's very, very much fixated on having good speech. But at the same time, it doesn't shy away from using harsh words against those that are harsh with the people, right? That are harsh with the community that want to destroy it from the inside. Um, and, and, and I think that has to kind of be brought into perspective is that we need to start having conversations. So like one thing at the Islamic Center of Connecticut, we stopped doing, though we have it in small doses, we don't do lectures anymore, right? We do community discussions. Mm -hmm. So often what we'll do is um, I will bring a speaker and how me and you are talking right now, we'll have a similar discussion openly with everyone uh, about a certain subject. So um, like, for example, we had uh, a discussion on marriage, divorce and relationships, and then we followed that up with our podcast. But like, that's the thing. If you want to watch a lecture, go on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you want to engage with the community, we need to engage with our thoughts, our feelings and the ideas that are sitting well with us or aren't sitting well with us. So I think all of that has to be brought into perspective um, in regards to growing the community. So I'm hoping that with this podcast between me and you, that mm -hmm. we're able to kind of shed some light on those issues. Can you touch upon the necessity and the benefits of having third spaces? Because as you know, the listeners may know already, um, if you heard the sponsor, you know, um, the Mantle, which is, you know, this is a mont uh, this is a Mantle podcast, yeah. and so it's brought to you by the same organization, um, which, uh, you know, which is based upon inclusivity, understanding, and uh, yeah, so, you know, for those of you who don't know what a third space is, maybe, Nahal, if you can actually summarize what that is and um, why it's important for us to have one. Yeah, and I'll say this. I think there's a disclaimer to make. Um, a lot of people are very, like... Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? They got turned off by the idea of the third space, right? right. Um, well, can you explain what a third space is? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but like, let me get into that in a second. But like, mm -hmm. I think people end up thinking it's a masjid substitute or right. a mosque substitute, which it's not, right? Mm -hmm. And I think um, it gets a bad rep for that. But the third space um, is often characterized, uh, and I think one person, uh, Ray Oldenburg, who wrote the book, I think The Good Great Place, The Great Good Place, I always get the title mm -hmm. messed up. But he talks about it in the perspective of like coffee shops in society, um, which we just happen to be in one. Right. Um, it talks about the idea of barber shops in society, right? And um, if you're like not Muslim, then bars as well, right? They're third spaces which happen to be uh, between the like bar, or sorry, between your home and your workplace, mm -hmm. where you go from one world to the other, but the third space is supposed to be a transitionary space. It's supposed right. to help you get from point A to point C through being point B. And within the Islamic tradition, there is that aspect. And I think people forget about that. Like, there definitely is that aspect. We see in the beginning of the sirah um, in Mecca, when the Muslims were being persecuted, that they would go and reside and learn in Darul Arqam, which was a private safe space for them to learn their faith in a way which they would not be antagonized by the outside world. Um, and not only that, historically, when you go to Turkey, when you go to uh, different parts of the Arab world, when you go to Granada, Spain, when you go to all these different aspects of North Africa, of India, Pakistan, um, even, you know, Central Asia, there's the aspect of the Zawiya, right? Mm -hmm. The Zawiya was the place where one would build their, like, spiritual, uh, their, their spiritual centers, right, in their hearts, that they would better themselves as people. Mm -hmm. um, and it was never considered a permanent space. Actually, the Zawiya was actually seen as also as a place where people could uh, stay overnight if they were travelers, so that's what it was. It was always 
this um, temporary space that would lead people to become better people, and it would lead them to the masjid. It would eventually lead them to, into the Muslim community. Um, and I think that's how we should look at our community in light of uh, building the community should be done in light of how the sirah happened and the, the life of the messenger saw a lot of peace be upon him um, and, and that isn't looked at often mm-hmm. people always say oh masjid has been built everyone has to go into the masjid right. um, and, and like I'll give you I think we spoke about this before like the tabliki jamaat right? And, right and sometimes people may like you know hate on them but there's something beautiful about that they go out to people Right, and they try to bring them to the masjid, but if not, they'll try to speak to them where they're at. Right, mm-hmm. they'll try to understand where that person is. Right, because at the end, they'll go to their house and um, they'll try to invite them. And if that person says yes, wonderful. If not, then that is what it is. Um, but even then, within our faith tradition, we see that people didn't always make it to the masjid. And in Mecca specifically, they didn't specifically go right into the haram. Like people weren't ready for that. Right. People lived in a way in which they weren't ready to talk about their faith. And we see that today, especially in the post 9-11, living in the, you know, the era of Donald Trump, where openly, openly people are literally talking bad about Muslims. Right. Um, people feel turned off from talking about their faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that has to be cultivated where if somebody's not ready to go to the masjid, then either we go to them or we create an intermediary space that we could speak to them in right. and they can have those conversations. In a place where they feel like they cannot speak honestly about how they feel and in their experience. Um, I remember one time we had an event at the Mantle where um, a girl talked about how she grew up in a very secular environment mm-hmm. and uh, and secularism was encouraged. And as she... Oh, there you go. Uh, secularism wasn't encouraged and uh, then she kind of out of her own um, you know a result of her own decision was to kind of look into faith and to try to understand things from a different perspective and once again understanding like the real uh, you know the logic behind it and the proofs for belief and stuff like that and um, and then she was compelled to, to study more and, and, and she discovered her path doing that and so yeah so and but the thing was that she felt comfortable coming to the mantle and talking about that because she didn't feel that she can go to a mosque and be like you know what you know i didn't grow up believing in this and i had to you know um or just talking about some of those ideas can be difficult and and it's not just that i mean like you know we 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 were talking about theological things like belief in god right and stuff like that but then there's also other issues that people just will are really uncomfortable talking about. We're talking about things like uh, pornography addiction. We're talking about uh, relationship issues, you know, things that are not talked about openly um, for one reason or another um, when they should be. So one hope is that the third space, third spaces, uh, third spaces like the mantle would uh, inspire people to be, be genuine, to be authentic, um, to talk about things that need to be talked about. And then that, that environment carries over to the mosque in that then the uh, people running the mosque, you know, the boards, and will begin to understand that, okay, we need to actually have programming that's relevant, that is also functions as a third space that people can come in and kind of um, uh, find their home here. Right? Yeah, I think that's fair. So for those of you that are listening, we invite you to tune in. We invite you to listen to our episodes. We invite you to interact with us. We, I, we invite you to talk to us. Um, we invite you to contact us and engage with us. Um, and if there's something that uh, you found beneficial, definitely let us know. Don't just let us know if you don't not like something. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. That tends know. to happen online. It's just like, so we help. suck. Yeah, right? <laughs> y'all suck. That's it. There's nothing good to y'all.
Right? Yeah. It's funny you just did that in like a southern accent. <laughs> Be damned with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's authentic, authentically southern. So if anyone, if you did that wrong, anyone from the south, let us know. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, but, um, um, you know, I think that's yeah. a, a good amount of stuff that we spoke about. So thank you. Please subscribe. Please share. And uh, thank you for joining us on Faith and Fine Print. Yeah. And um, I'll just say this to uh, the camera here. Um, today's been a really long day for me. So if, if, I, if my points were just all over, I tried to do my best to kind of articulate what this podcast will and shall be about. Um, Nihal's background, my background, um, but I hope you do come back again and listen to the episodes episodes that we have coming out um, with some amazing guests and uh, give us your feedback. Uh, connect with us online, like Nihal said, because you know the community won't be a community without you. And you, the person listening to this right now, um, have something to offer. You have a voice. You have a personality. You have a soul. You have a gift from God, and I hope you share that gift with us and that and communicate with us and thank you so much for listening thank you so much for watching if you're watching online and uh yeah this has been faith in fine print thanks so much until with, next time with alman nusrat and al khan yeah until and, next time and shout out to story and soil yes. coffee that's a that's a really important point a story <laughs> and soil in soil shout out to mike acosta yes mike acosta thank you if you're watching if you're listening you're he's hiding on set somewhere in the back but um, thank you. Uh, shout out to them for letting us. Mike, you can their... wave if you want. Yeah, if you're back there. Yeah, we have you in the shot. I can there. see his hat. Um, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> so uh, if you're in Hartford, do check out their spot. It's, it's, it's the best coffee that you'll find in Hartford. Um, Hands and, down. And their place is awesome. And I hope they invite us back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.